Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review the Supergirl Season 5 episode titled The Bodyguard. But first, we need to catch up on... The News. On March 4th, 2020, Supergirl star Melissa Benoist delivered some super news. She is expecting her first child with husband Chris Wood. The couple, who also worked together on Supergirl during Chris Wood's stint as Monel, made the announcement with a cheerful Instagram photo, saying, quote, A non-canine child is coming to our family very soon, unquote. And uh, Melissa Benoist wrote, Christopher Wood has always been an old dad by nature, but now he's going to be a real one. It's uh, not clear yet if Benoist's pregnancy will affect production of Supergirl's current fifth season, which will conclude in the spring, or the previously announced season six. Oh, that's exciting. It's very exciting. Uh, very happy for them. Uh, so uh, we'll have to see what comes of this. I, I assume that if they've announced it, she's, uh, she's far enough along for it to... Uh, be something that you know is is positive because a lot of times when I've had friends who are pregnant they didn't want to announce it until they were sure that you know things were progressing in a good way just you know just in case unfortunately sometimes with you know miscarriages and things like that people are hesitant to tell other people so it sounds like you know if she's sharing this news then that's good news yeah she's probably through at least the first trimester that's usually when they tell you like not to tell anybody until you've gotten through the first the first one. We don't know exactly when uh, she's due. Uh, I guess we could get into a question we got from one of our listeners that relates to this. Uh, our listener, Brandon, who wrote in to ask, quote, I want to talk about Melissa's wonderful announcement about her pregnancy. What do you think will happen with the show? I mean, it's not like you can hide a pregnancy in a skin-tight suit. What if part or most of next season, Kara loses her powers so they, they can hide it more easily, and we have to see Kara deal with villains like we saw in this episode, with compassion and hope. Uh, no fists involves. Maybe just all Kara Danvers? Just all hope? Unquote? Or maybe maybe next season, and I'm just pitching it out there, it's just all hope. <laughs> <laughs> you like start Supergirl's like, wait where is Kara and and like hope just comes on the screen she's like it is my show now (laughs) hope finally killed Supergirl and she's gone from the show (laughs) I did it (laughs) 
Oh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Dreams coming true. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, normally I would say that, you know, I, I watch the show for Supergirl, but if that was the case, I'd be totally into it. <laughs> okay, so I guess, Morgan, we could talk about a little bit about how sometimes these things happen, what the possibilities are. Of course, we don't know anything. Nobody tells us, like, here's our production schedule. We don't, we have no idea. Um, so I think there's a couple of scenarios that could play out here. The first one that I think is most likely is a production delay and a delay on the premiere date. I think they could probably push back season six a little bit to give Melissa the maternity leave and the time that she needs um, to have the baby and then the time to, you know, sort of bond with the baby. So I think I think they'll just push it back. Didn't they already say that, like, season six is going to be shorter anyway? Like, isn't it going to be 20 episodes instead of 22? So that's actually one of our news-related items. Uh, <laughs> so you're you're skipping ahead, but we'll... we'll Jump the gun! We'll, 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 talk, we'll talk about it now. Uh, according to CryptonSide.com, Supergirl season five will only be 20 episodes long. So I think that we... I think it's safe to assume, of course, we don't know for sure, but I think that this pregnancy news is playing into the shortening of season five. Yeah, that would make sense to me. They they shorten up the filming a little bit to give her time to, like, I guess either shoot around it or, like, have maternity and then come back. I guess it really just depends on, like, when she's due, whether they're going to shoot some and then take a break or if they're just going to, like, wait until after she's had the baby they've cut season five short they'll give her more time and i think they'll probably just push the premiere date back i, I was trying to think of other shows that have handled handled this where a lead of the show was pregnant the only one i could remember was when 30 rock was airing i think it was like season six of 30 rock and tina fey had just had a baby or she was pregnant or something like liz looked a little on the i hate to say this on the chubbier side because she had put on some weight while she was pregnant but it didn't really take away from the show like you could still have Liz look like that and it didn't affect anything yeah I think it's easier on like comedies or dramas where you can kind of it's I feel like it's the old um if anybody's ever seen x-files I think Gillian Anderson got pregnant in like one of the early seasons and they literally just have her sitting behind like a series of desks or like <laughs> a bunch of plants. They're like, here, Scully, take this giant urn and just carry it around all episode. <laughs> <laughs> they, do a, they do a lot of that. I feel like on other shows, but it's, it would be hard to cover it up on Supergirl just because of like the costume. Although I guess they could probably find some creative ways to shoot around it where it'd be like, have we seen Supergirl from the neck down recently? It's just all clay, tight close-ups. I've saved you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, when um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus got pregnant during Seinfeld and she just carried around these big old purses all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, some, sometimes they do have to cut around it. Purses. <laughs> so, I, I don't, I mean, I don't think they're going to do that, but it is possible that they could do that. Some people think that they might depower Kara, so so that's a little easier. Like, for Supergirl, it's a little more difficult to sort of cut around from some of that stuff. Because, you know, when she's Supergirl, you want to see the cape. You want to see the S. You want to see all that stuff. But um, they, they could depower Kara so she's not having to do stunts or things like that. 
Um, I think that's fine for a couple of episodes, but I wouldn't want to see that for a long time. Yeah. I like seeing heat vision. I like seeing super stuff. So I don't know that they can get away with that for too long. There's also that anti-kryptonite suit that they used when Melissa was on Broadway. Um, that's fine for an episode like they did last season. But I don't think you can get away with that for a long period of time. Yeah, what if they put her in the... Oh, God. I always forget what um, what musical artist she looks like when she's in that suit. Oh, but Daft, what if they, Daft Punk? Yeah, what if they put her in the Daft Punk suit like for the whole season? She's like, okay, time to fight crime. And then it like zooms in on her face. And then it like the thing comes down and all of a sudden. It's like it zooms out again. It's like, great. Here I am in a long shot. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it's... It would make sense that they would utilize her stunt double, and I think that would be fine. But it just that you you can you can only do that for short periods of time before that gets to be really annoying and um, and tiresome. So I don't think they're they're going to be doing anything like that. So of all of the scenarios I thought through, I think they're just going to delay some things. Yeah, that's what I would think would make the most sense. Which would make me happy. Melissa and Chris could have time with their baby. Um, we would still get Supergirl with Supergirl on it, doing Supergirl things. I think that would make everyone happy. Um I know some people even floated out the idea that they could focus on other characters instead of Kara. I mean, it is called Supergirl. I do like the show having Supergirl on it, so I don't... <laughs> Call me crazy. <laughs> so I'm hoping that's not the direction they take it either. So um, my ideal situation, if they asked me, what's your opinion, Rebecca? I would say just push the premiere back. Everyone would would be fine with that, I think. I could wait a little while longer if it means, like, basically I get the show I'm used to. Yeah, if if it means I get Supergirl on the show, I don't care when you, when you premiere it. That's fine. <laughs> on this show called Supergirl. <laughs> well, um, congrats to Melissa and, and Chris. That's very exciting news. And uh, I hope everyone is healthy and, and happy throughout that whole process. Uh, so don't worry about us. Focus on your family. That's how, that's what I think. Um, okay, so we talked a little bit about season five getting shortened. Um, so basically, we're in the home stretch now of <laughs> of season five. We are coming down the home stretch. Um, so the only other bit of news that we have to get to is uh, something I know is going to make Morgan super happy. So excited. Um, the DC TV <laughs> Podcast Network has announced three new podcasts. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Superman and Lois Radio, Green Lantern Podcast, and Strange Adventures Podcast. They have all been added to our lineup, and you can follow them on their social media accounts. So for Superman Radio, uh, it <clears throat> it's just at Superman Radio on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Green Lantern Podcast on Facebook is uh, at Green Lantern Podcast, and on Twitter it's Lantern underscore Podcast. Then uh, Strange Adventures Podcast on Facebook, Facebook and Twitter is both at STAD Podcast. We'll put all that stuff in the show notes uh, so you can just click on the links. But um, we wanted to go ahead and announce those so you can go get to following them. And I know a lot of people have been asking us about our DCTV plugs competition. And we do have some new shows on the DCTV podcast lineup, but there is that green arrow in the canaries that I'm still waiting on. Fingers crossed. I don't know if Andy has it in the works to do a podcast about the show, but 
I kind of figure he probably does. <laughs> so I want I want to make sure that we at least wait until the CW's upfronts before we start doing a competition, just in case, because I don't want y'all to have to like go back and redo them. So uh, let's hold off until maybe maybe uh, after the end of season five is when we'll do it. So just hang tight with that. Get your get your voice ready to go. Do, do your rocky step climbs. Be like me. Get trained for it. <laughs> what if we just made the DC TV plugs um, contest like um, a multi-level marketing scheme? Because <laughs> <laughs> I said be like me, but what I did was I just turfed it out to other people. <laughs> so what if what if all of you? And I'm not challenging you to do this. I'm saying it's maybe maybe would be fun if all of you get like five of your closest friends. <laughs> And then they get five of their closest friends. And then somehow we all make money and we're rich. <laughs> That's how it works, right? Uh, yeah, maybe maybe we could try it. I, I think we could uh, we could make that work. Uh, yeah, so we'll just hang off on the DCTV plugs for a little while and just see what happens. All right, Morgan, I think we need to talk about this week's episode lots to discuss so that's gonna <laughs> cover all of our news so let's get into the description for the bodyguard quote lex tasks supergirl with protecting andrea from an anti-tech extremist but his nefarious purpose goes beyond merely keeping andrea alive meanwhile lena moves forward with non cherry with lex's help unquote so this episode <clears throat> yeah I found uh, a little boring because I don't know if you uh, if you've thought about it this way or not. But when I was watching it, I was like, "Are we really just doing a whole episode about somebody launching a product?" Yeah, and it's not even exciting when I do it at work. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I I'm now one of the things that I'm now most excited about is that I think the director of this episode is Gregory Smith from Everwood. Oh. And, uh, I mean, uh, it could be another Gregory Smith. <laughs> that's, that's entirely possible. But I choose to I choose to believe that Ephraim from Everwood <laughs> was directing this episode. And, like, God bless Ephraim. <laughs> you, you, you do that. <laughs> I was like, why does that name look so familiar? And then I, like, Googled it and was like, hold on. I have a fun fact, maybe. <laughs> it's an, un an unconfirmed fun fact. Do we need to confirm it? I feel like maybe now we have to confirm it. I might have done this to us. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me see. Let's see, let's see what IMDb says. Here. <laughs> I'm going. Let's see. Well, he was an actor. When was Everwood? He's been working. But is he direct? He's got 12 he, no, he No, he was. Yes! I was right. <laughs> you go, Ephraim, you go. Oh, my God. He's directed quite a few Legends of Tomorrow's episodes as well, including one of the parts of Crisis on Infinite Earth. Jeez, oh, where'd it go, man? He, he directed part five. <laughs> the finale of, the, of Crisis. He's been crushing it. Wow, Ephraim, <laughs> really living your best life. He's directed The Flash, Riverdale, Arrow, something called Unspeakable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, He's man. all up and down that CW universe. Good for him. Bringing a little Everwood charm into the mix. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think about the whole scenario of 
Andrea trying to launch her platinum product and the discussion about people getting stuck in the VR and that's what causes the villain of this week's episode to uh, get revenge because of her husband getting stuck in the VR and getting sort of tied so closely into it that he he didn't want to give that up. So what what did you think about it? I mean, we're, I guess my question is, were you interested in that story? I think that this Everwood discovery <laughs> is the most exciting thing about the episode, and I <laughs> I feel okay saying that. Um, no, I, so, uh, confession, I watched this one tonight because I was, have just been really busy the last couple days, and um, Mike fell asleep during it. <laughs> Uh, which is not to say anything about the quality of Ephraim's directing because uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mike had like a 24-hour work thing that he's still recovering from. But like I almost fell asleep and I have no excuse. I was like, <laughs> I was like, am I just like warm and comfortable or is this episode just like lulling me, like lulling me off to dreamland? Um I just, I don't know what it was about this one. I I just wasn't into it. I thought, like, the whole technology debate felt, it didn't, I it felt like something I've seen a million times before, and it didn't feel like a fresh take on that, like, technology versus the real world kind of debate, um, or, like, a fresh take on, like, here's how technology can, you know, impact our lives. And here's maybe how like a dark path that we could be all going down. And like, here's an aspect of technology. I feel like maybe they're, they're so focused on like all of technology that they're not really focused on like telling an interesting story about like one part of technology. I don't know. It's just not working with me. And I love, obviously this is their air quotes, black mirror season. <laughs> Uh, and I love Black Mirror. I think that that show is so disturbing and messed up. Um, and I, every time that there's a new season, I rush to watch the whole thing because I'm like, what are they going to do now? Um, but, but those episodes tend to like take one aspect of technology, like VR video games or like social media or like, uh, like reputation and like build a story off of that. And this feels like it's like, technology what is it <laughs> and i'm like i'm like i don't guys what <laughs> and it just i don't know it feels very murky to me like the story felt a little bit like watching early season buffy where like willow like meets a guy on a chat room and they're like <laughs> willow don't you know that technology is bad anyone can be on that chat room and she's like no i love him and then he turns out to be a monster because of course he does because we were all deeply afraid of the internet back in the 90s yeah that's true and this is kind of what this feels like <laughs> to me like a like a very special episode about how we need to like put down our phones and like go for a walk and like i'm just like all right and i'm not opposed <laughs> to those messages yeah we should put down our phones and go for a walk occasionally it just doesn't feel like they have anything like more than that to say this past weekend i went for a walk and then i live streamed on instagram from my phone <laughs> of my walk so there's that you could do both you can have it all so it does i would agree though it feels a little superficial I like the idea of, like, the opening sequence I thought was pretty compelling where it, like, kind of, I was 
kind of confused. I was like, wait, am I watching the right thing? Did I did I pull up the right show? I thought it was Legends of Tomorrow for a second. I was like, did I get these mixed up? <laughs> yeah, so I I liked the idea that like this this older lady in this wheelchair wants to be a warrior on a horse and so that's what she becomes in the vr world i think that that's kind of a neat idea that like we can we, we can be whatever we want to be and we can do whatever we want to do but i just i didn't feel any like concern about the episode or any intrigue about the episode until supergirl goes in to uh give the inspiring speech to the villain that is the only time in the episode that i was like oh oh there's like some stakes happening here because i think i think that's what they need more of in this storyline is like something needs to happen to the people in the vr for this to become a concern and so the fact that andrea like her conclusion at the end of this episode is like well that that one person who like killed himself is this is no big deal because these other people are like going you know through these therapeutic uh, trauma sessions in the VR and they're 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 getting help through the VR or whatever she says and I just there's no stakes there's no problem with what she's doing it's just she's helping people and it's helping people and it's it's great it's this wonderful thing but they keep talking about these problems with it but they're not really showing it to us and so i think that's why i have no concern about any of this and i just it just was i feel very ranty about this episode episode <laughs> because and this is the first time in a long time where i'm just like Ugh. because the whole episode was making sure that andrea's product launched which she did her product launch at 9 p.m. And I was like, who launches a product at 9 p.m.? That is the most yeah. insane thing. Is she making her staff work overnight so that they can support the, <laughs> like, user experience? Because there's definitely going to be somebody who's like, oh, no, I wanted to fight the dragon, but I am the dragon. Help. <laughs> <laughs> she, has, she must have a round-the-clock tech support. Uh, oh, for, yeah. for something like that. So the whole episode focused on around her launching a product and then the side storyline between Lex and Pencil Skirt was like, well, I want to help you launch your product. And I was just like, this is so boring. Yeah, it was like watching... It was like watching an episode of Shark Tank where no one yelled at each other. It was <laughs> like, it was all about product launches and <laughs> hitting goals. And <laughs> I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> I understand that this product launch is a big deal. He, you know, William says it's the biggest thing since the invention of the computer. That's a big deal. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I agree. I mean, as, as much as I want to sip that sweet sweet ramakans rama wine it just doesn't seem like it would be that big of a deal like we already have vr like it's fancier vr but morgan you can like you you have greater senses within the vr you can smell things you can taste things i think my question is would you want to like if you're playing a video game would you and you're like oh yeah i'm running and then you can like die and like doesn't that get into some like weird like questions about like if you can feel things in in the vr experience and you're playing a video game 
Like, do you do you get hurt? Like, would you want to sign up for that? Yeah, what if that lady in the wheelchair, like, didn't defeat the dragon and the dragon injured her? Yeah, and she's like, oh, I can feel the burning. <laughs> I guess you just feel it inside the VR, but that's a good question. Could you be harmed inside the VR? Could you die inside that VR? See, that's the kind of stuff that I think would have me more intrigued with the story. Yeah, that's the stuff I thought that they were going to eventually dive into, like that kind of stuff. And it just doesn't seem like they ever, it seems like they want to do um, a season about technology, but they don't want to dive into the technology too much. And I don't know that that's possible to do. Like, I feel like it's kind of all or nothing. Like you got to get in it or I don't like, what's, what are the stakes? I don't think there are any. I am very <laughs> confused about, uh, what what they're doing and why it's important and why I should care I just kind of don't uh so this I was hoping that by this point in the season they would have started to ramp up some things so that like it would start to feel like things were going somewhere but it just feels like nothing is happening and I yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being too hard on it but it just even the cliffhanger is Lex and Pencil Skirt, and Pencil Skirt's like, well, maybe I'll introduce you to my people. And I'm like, so I have to wait another week for you guys to have another meeting? Like, are we, are, are, are we just rescheduling another meeting for your, your little, uh, your business venture? I, like, I know, I kind of wanted her to be like, I'll check your Outlook calendar, <laughs> and you check mine, and we'll see where our availability overlaps. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, pencil skirt. That's not interesting. It honestly, it felt like being back at work. I was like, oh, God, all right, yes, but please block out your calendar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it, it's funny when, when you think about it in, in those terms, because now that I think about it, I'm like, my job is way more exciting than this episode <laughs> right. of Super. <laughs> Oh yeah, this one was a this one was a rough one. I feel like the because of like the technology thing is kind of so. It feels like a it's their theme of the season, and yet it feels like an afterthought to me in a lot of these episodes where it's the like front and center. So I don't know. I just don't. It's just not very compelling. So I sent Morgan a message earlier today. Because I was confused about something. And if some listeners have an answer to this question, please let me know. Because I did not have time to go back into my Google Docs to try to find the answer. Um, so apparently in this episode, it was mentioned that Leviathan was a techno-organic species from the same solar system as Krypton. Uh, this is the first time I've heard of this. Yeah, me too. Also, is Leviathan, like, is Leviathan a species now? Is is pencil skirt Ramakan and uh, old lady who just pops up out of nowhere all the same species? There are species. <laughs> I am so confused. I thought they were like like old ones, kind of like almost like gods or something. Like basically, basically immortal. Yeah, that's that's the way they were portrayed earlier. I didn't get the impression that they were like 
I don't know. It's just so strange. They are like changing things up with Leviathan now. And I just, I wish I cared more. I really genuinely do. I wish I cared about Leviathan and what was happening. And I just don't. They're supposed to be the greatest villain, the greatest threat of all time. And I just don't care. I just don't care. Pencil Skirt, all she's, she has done nothing bad. All she's doing <laughs> is trying to make a lot of money. And I can't fault her for that. She seems like a really shrewd businesswoman. I just don't think she's an evil villain. I, I have no reason <laughs> to fear her. I really don't. Pencil Skirt is like, basically just like, um, we just really need to maximize our profits. <laughs> Like, I don't, I'm not fearing you. I'm not fearing you. You're just kind of boring. <laughs> the only thing that I did really like about Leviathan and some of this, like, tie into the VR storyline was that I was kind of taken with Lex Luthor and Pencil Skirt. Oh, we've got our, we've got our romance of the season. <laughs> you know, there's been a lot to do uh, uh, and said about Kara and William and all of those kinds of romances. But I was way more intrigued by what's kind of brewing between the two of them because um, I think it's Lex that says, you know, I'm the chocolate to your peanut butter or whatever. And I was like, whoa, whoa, slow down. This is getting this is getting a little too hot and heavy too fast. So <laughs> yeah. I I uh I really enjoyed that. If anything, I'm not scared of Leviathan. I don't care about Leviathan, but I could be into this Lex Luthor pencil skirt situation, whatever this is happening. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, are they flirting? <laughs> Do I like it? <laughs> um I I I'm not I'm still not sure pencil skirt is interesting enough for Lex Luthor, <laughs> but uh, I'm willing to give her a shot. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if she deserves our Lex. <laughs> She's getting more interesting the more she flirts with him, I think. I like her lack of like ability to deal with him where he was like, Hey, so let me help you. She's like, Why are you here? <laughs> Why are you always here? <laughs> I, I get it, pencil skirt. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, that might keep me going, but it's just not enough. I just, Supergirl has a terrible villain problem. It has a villain problem, and we need to be open in our discussions about it because I don't, I don't think I've been as... Uh, aggressive in talking about it but i think this show has a really serious villain problem and it hasn't always like it knows it has had good villains like we had queen Rhea, and we had uh lillian luther and, and rain we had rain and uh and even like um astra and mm -hmm. non in the first season were good villains and then and then and then uh <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel like the last two seasons have really not known what to do in the in the villain category. I feel like the show does best when it has, like, a really great, fun, over-the-top villain. And, like, God bless Pencil Skirt, but I just don't know. There's there's no consequences to anything. That's, that's the biggest thing I come down to is they're not killing anybody. They're not putting anybody in danger. They're not doing anything, but creating a business and launching a product <laughs> yeah that's true their evil pro their evil um plan thus far appears to be launching a product line <laughs> um <laughs> and 
that's it. <laughs> like that's it. They they're just they're just launching a product. They're basically just like building a business and then occasionally they'll say some nefarious stuff. Yeah. And then they'll be like, okay, well, but we gotta get back to the the brochure for this obstinate <laughs> platinum because <laughs> It's not going to do itself, Ramakan. <laughs> Ramakan is like now the graphic designer, <laughs> just sitting in a corner. Uh, the color scheme is very, uh, br- it's brown and green. <laughs> it's like, Ramakan, we've talked about this before. You can't put plants, it's VR technology. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I just I just want the villains to be better and I fear that they aren't. Meanwhile, I guess we could talk about uh because I'm not gonna call her the V word, um, but I guess we could talk about Lena Luther, uh, and her <laughs> and her more um uh serious experiments that she's doing. She's been kind of experimenting on dogs, which I'm like, okay, that's another uh you know, bullet point on my checklist there, Lena. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't low. I was like, what happens if your experiment doesn't work, Lena? <laughs> Lena, step away from that puppy. <laughs> <laughs> you killed that cute little dog. I'm going to be very upset. Um, but so she's she's been experimenting on Maladorian dendrosps and dogs. But now she's taking it into prisons and experimenting on the prisoners. Seems real chill. (laughs) (laughs) What was your take on her experiments in this episode? I liked that there was a moment where she almost achieved, like, genuine self-awareness. Where she was like, huh, am I the bad guy? (laughs) Is is mind controlling people not chill? (laughs) And and now she's, like, pondering it. Lex is like... No, look at me. Look at me. <laughs> I am super chill and sane. No one's more <laughs> laid back than Lex Luthor. I think what you're doing is great. And she's like, no, no, you're you're right. You're right. I shouldn't give up on this. <laughs> this is the best idea. And he's like, great. <laughs> I did love that um, That Lena and Lex scene was one of my favorites. Just because any Lena and Lex scene is, uh, is gold in my opinion. But just like the way he was like, I support you. And she was like, thanks. And I was like, he's, he's not a good person, though. <laughs> Don't take your cues from him. You've learned this. Well, now he, so far, in this new Earth Prime post-crisis post-Amade world that we now all find ourselves <laughs> living in, he's been good that's true he has been trying to stop leviathan that he thinks is the greatest threat of all time for some reason <laughs> for for whatever reason that is he's been uh trying to team up with supergirl he's been encouraging to his sister he's he's been nice to her he's been helping her he's you know trying to help out pencil skirt he's he's getting that product launched <laughs> he's getting those product <laughs> launches um there are things that he there are things that he's doing that are are you know good per se but he's also encouraging lena to continue down this dark path that she even thinks i mean she verbally says like maybe i am going down a dark path so uh i think that was a good scene because it did seem like she was questioning in the first scene she she was very determined like 
they all think I'm like wanting to be a you know puppet master of humanity but that's not really what I'm doing and she was trying to talk herself into it and then after her little experiment failed and uh Steve Cara Danvers's number one fan yes I was like oh my god Steve what have you been up to and he's like mostly getting beat up Ah, oh, Steve. Apparently the other prisoners don't, like, appreciate his uh, his feedback on their articles. <laughs> <laughs> but he really loves him some Cara Danvers articles. Uh, so there is that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think once her little experiment sort of failed with him where he couldn't punch Toby, she did start questioning it a little bit. So I, I was disappointed that she kept going with it. And now I'm curious, as to, what do you think is going to happen now that she's like, oh, well, I can change the algorithm and hit this other part of the brain and that'll fix everything. What, what do you think is going to happen with all that? Her whole project seems, I still don't understand the, the outlines of this because when she got it working in the prison, like the one angry prisoner was like, hey, dude, want to grab a bite to eat? And I was like, what is this exactly? <laughs> What if it is like, hey, brah, no, no problems. What if it just makes everyone into like the dude from Big Lebowski? Like, <laughs> it's, it's not. It's listen. It's not the worst, but I don't know if I want to deal with that all the time. <laughs> well, that's a good point though, because the whole idea of it was that there would be no harm. People wouldn't do. You, you wouldn't. You would do no harm. Well, Toby could still not harm Steve. And not take him to lunch. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like he could just leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> That's an option. Like, I don't know. It was very, I was super strange. And it was also like very corny too. Like, that. that's the, the way that, like, oh, everyone's friends now. Like, oh boy. Uh, that was just, no, that was an Alina issue. That was just like a writing issue where I was like, yikes. <laughs> Didn't love how they, like, portrayed that, I think. It was just so on the nose, where it's like, the mean prisoner is suddenly like, hey, dude, want me to get you a pudding cup? Like, <laughs> I don't, what is happening? <laughs> I, th I think the idea of, you know, the visual of Steve trying to hit him and he couldn't, I think that was more effective for me. Yeah. Because then it, it actually showed what was, like, preventing him from harming someone. Um, but I, it's, it's interesting. Lena thought that non-notary was supposed to liberate people. She says liberate people, but that you're not liberated if you don't have free will. And so I, I think that they sort of tried to get into the philosophical discussions of that this week, which was refreshing. Yeah. I, I'm glad that there were some like, de like kind of a, a little bit more of a dive onto, a what 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 is this thing gonna look like when it when or if it gets deployed and like also is it a good thing like that she do this or like is she even thinking about the free will question uh obviously there's gonna be some like blowback i, I like so i liked being able to see that like you know just because you think it's gonna work out this way doesn't mean that there's not another you know, side of it. So, you know, the really angry guy, uh, you know, just wants to go to lunch with everybody now. But, like, uh, good old Steve uh, now is, like, a rage monster. 
who wants to punch everyone. So things have, some things worked out in her favor. Some things definitely didn't. Yeah, the idea that she could take out the the feelings of injustice so that you wouldn't even know that, I guess you wouldn't even know that there was injustice in the world. Also, does that just make people super complacent about everything? I guess so, if you just didn't care. Yeah, you're just like, oh, the world's chill. What I found really um, disturbing about uh, the scenes with Lena sitting next to Steve in the prison, because I was sort of thinking about how Lena is the one who's going around on her computer with her little algorithms and coding this thing, and she's the one manipulating everything. She can change it to take away a certain part of Steve's brain. She can change it to make him do something. Well, she, she's, I mean, I know we've sort of talked about before how she's sort of playing God with this whole thing. But she is the one in control. That it really hit me there with Steve lying on the, the I guess, the hospital uh, bed kind of uh, place there in the prison. And Lena was sitting next to him, sort of a, a little higher up than him. And I, it just sort of like hit me for the first time that she, she would be the only one if she managed to do this for the entire world. She would be the one in control of all of them. And I guess we sort of saw a little bit of that in "It's a Super Life," the one hundred one hundredth episode. But just knowing that she is doing that, and knowing that she sort of understands what she's doing, and she's still doing it anyway, I just it it really kind of freaked me out for the first time like really freaked me out for the first time in this week's episode that she had the capability to mess with people's brains like she's she's doing it now like it's it's gone from little experiments and simulations to now she's actually doing it to humans um so that part of it kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies i was actually kind of like happy when it seemed like she was starting to like realize hey, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I was like, yes, yes, maybe you shouldn't be. And then she was like, no, I think what I'm going to do is double on down. I was like, no, that's the wrong lesson. It's the wrong lesson from this, Lena. I did find her quote that uh, she says, if this works, the world won't need heroes. And I hadn't thought of it that way before. If everyone is super nice to everybody and nobody can inflict harm on anybody, then I guess you don't need heroes. Because there would be no evil in the world. Um, so I guess that's a noble goal. I mean, you want people to get along. But uh, I just, I don't know what that looks like. So I, I'm hoping that for the rest of the season we get more glimpses into what Nano Cherry does and what it looks like. And how it's going to um, result. Like what it's going to look like when she continues to do this kind of stuff. Because at least with this episode, the Lena stuff, I think, was something that I was interested in just from a, a philosophical perspective and a story perspective and a character perspective. I thought that stuff was actually pretty intriguing. Yeah, the Lena stuff was definitely the most interesting part of the episode. And it was it was interesting to see sort of how she approaches it. Because it is like she... She does have like a, a like a good goal, which is like everybody, you know, everybody's nice to each other. It's just it's not nice to take people's free will away to get there. So it's kind of a I mean, she, she has a noble idea. She, she's coming from a good hearted place about it. 
but she's not listening to anybody who's like, hey, maybe, maybe no. Yeah, my question to Lena, if I could ask her something, I would be like, so would you want someone to do this to you? That's, that's my question for her. Would you want somebody going in there and reconfiguring your brain? Would you want someone to do that to you? I don't think you would. And like, what happens if it goes like if it goes off or like somebody hacks it yeah someone else could take control yeah you're you're giving you're like taking over control of people's brains you can't just do that i did find one of lex's lines to uh be something that i kind of wanted to scream at my tv about um he says not in a cherry does what god couldn't and i thought lex as smart as you are i i I find it strange that you would say something like that because it's not that God couldn't force people to be a certain way. God is God. God could make you be whatever you wanted, whatever he wanted to be. It's that God chooses to give people freedom. And in, in, and because of that freedom, that's how, you know, according to Christianity, we get, you know, uh, original sin uh, where, you know, Adam and Eve are in the garden and Eve uh, bites from the fruit. And so that's that's how sin and, you know, darkness or evil or uh, bad choices, all, all of that stuff comes in the form of that choice and that freedom. So God could make people all robots if he really wanted to, but that's not what God wants to do. So I thought it was strange that Lex, you know, for all of his smarts and all of his understanding of the world, like he he thinks God couldn't do that. I, I was I was like, oh, come on, Lex. I think Lex has a God complex. So I think that Lex kind of wants to do, if it's something where he can kind of put himself in that God position, like he's he's totally there. Yeah, and even Lena got sort of a God mention in this episode. Steve says to her, I've heard you're trying to turn them peaceful as Quakers. If you, if you succeed, that'd be a real godsend for guys like me. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of ways in which the Luthers want to play God and they do play God and sometimes they see themselves as gods. Um, so I think that that, um, that, that can be uh, read in that way. Yeah. So I, I'm very curious to see how this not in a cherry thing uh, pans out because we're starting to see the first glimpses of what it would look like in action. All right, so one of the, the other big aspects of this episode was the fact that Kara and William had more interactions. And in a lot of this episode, it was mostly Supergirl and, and William having interactions. So, Morgan, I know uh, you're not a big fan of this pairing uh, unless uh, William's overstepping that was mentioned in this episode is overstepping with hooves. Um, so I know that, <laughs> I know that you're not a big fan of it, but what did you think about, um, Carr deciding that, you know, she wanted to go on that date with William? Yeah, I, I still, I'm still not there with them. I just, they're so boring. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I like, I didn't hate her deciding to like go on a date. Although I feel like all the reasons why she initially decided not to go on a date with him have not changed in any way whatsoever. Right. Right. Like, like she was like, I don't, you know, he's not that bad. Like, I, like he's kind of cute, and I, I'm kind of into him. But like, it's, it, I don't want to lie to him. And I, I've seen what happens when you build these relationships on lies, and like, so I'm, I'm just gonna steer clear. And then like the next day, he's like, Do you want to? I brought you a latte, and she's like, Well, you know what? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it, it seems like 
nothing substantially has changed since she turned him down for that, that date. So I don't really understand why she's like, you know what? Let's give it a shot. I do like in this episode that they tied her change in decision to her talk with William, or at least Supergirl's talk with William, about feeling connected and wanting to be out in the real world and having those real connections with real people. I like that that was connected in the story, but you're right. I mean, she's still going to be going on that date and lying to him. So that's that's not changing. But I guess in Kara's mind, she's like, well, maybe I'll just try one date, see how it goes. And I don't blame her for that. That's, you know, go on that date, have have a good time. And I personally, I'm not opposed to Kara and William. I think William is actually becoming a better character the more we get to know him, at least in my opinion. So uh, I think he's somebody who would at least you know be good to Kara at this point so I uh you know the fact that she was smiley then you know that made me happy because I shipped Kara in happiness so <laughs> when when she's happy I'm happy so uh the the idea that they would go on a date is fine with me and I actually liked the scene with Supergirl and William talking about feeling connected um that stuff I really enjoyed I thought that that was really good and and it was one of the the scenes I think really gives a glimpse into why Kara would make that decision to go on that date with him because she found him heroic that he would risk his life despite you know not having any superpowers not having any protection he just wanted to you know go out there and get the truth cover a story I think she would find all of that really attractive so that makes sense to me as to why she would want to pursue a, a relationship with him. Um, so I think I think that was at least trying to build something up. They did a terrible job of it in the beginning <laughs> of the season, but I think they're doing a little bit better with it now. Um, in this scene, in this episode, I don't know. Maybe it's because I was listening to the Hello Dolly soundtrack all day today, <laughs> so, and and that could totally play into it. But I just started to think, and I don't know why they have not done it like this, but I was just thinking that Kara's perfect guy would be somebody out of a 1940s classic film, and I don't know what that that seems like. That's something that would punch one of these writers in the face. Like her favorite movie is The Wizard of Oz. She's always watching classic film with Alex and Brainy. And I just think that if they wanted to really make a relationship with Kara, like somebody somebody perfect for Kara to, to date or to, you know, be romantically involved in, that guy should be Cary Grant. That guy should be Montgomery Cliff. That guy should be, you know, Gene Kelly or Jimmy Stewart. Like, not not exactly, but have that same kind of vibes to them. Like, handsome guys, but sometimes a little goofy or... Uh, you know, maybe they have a little bit of a uh, old Mary couple vibe to them. You know, like those kind of old school romances. And I just, I wish there was more of that with this Car and William thing. And I think they're getting there. But I was just like, man, how have they missed the boat on this? Where they should be writing Cara's love interest as like an old classic film, you know, actor. I just, I don't know. Maybe that's just how I would do it, but I don't know. Anyway, so that's that's how I think they should be going down that road with with Kara and a, and a love interest, and and maybe maybe there's some aspects of you know those kind of old 
those old timey classic film storytelling uh, techniques and those old characters, how they had that kind of classic film uh, uh, film feel to them. And there's a little bit of that in William, but I don't know. I would want I would want to make that a little clearer. As it is now, I just don't find them interesting at all. Like. I'm open to it. I'm open to them. Like I liked him a little bit more in this episode. Uh, certainly, he he seems like a little nicer and like you know I I liked him talking about going out with his friend Kara and doing karaoke and stuff like that. Um, but I just I just don't know. I just don't think that they they haven't built up this relationship and now it's like a thing where it's like you like him. And I, I just kind of wish that they had, if they wanted to do this, they'd spent a couple episodes and really, really built up the, their relationship and their, like, friendship and then let it kind of grow organically from there because I feel like now we're just jumping right into them dating. And so, like, we're not going to get that whole, you know, them starting to like each other or anything like that. I don't know. I just – it feels like they're, they're missing – sort of the fun part of these relationships on on the show yeah and the fun part for me uh, in this episode specifically is that scene where they're talking about feeling connected through karaoke and game night that stuff is what they needed more of and you're right now now we're just kind of jumping into them going out on a date and it, it feels like this has only been a thing for the last couple of episodes so it is something that i think they've moved too quickly with and that goes across all of the romances on this show except for Lex Luthor and Pencil Skirt I feel like that one yeah that's that that, that's a that's a long play (laughs) (laughs) that's a long burn uh juicy romance I feel like it's gonna happen so I'm (laughs) I'm waiting for that one to develop he's laying down his uh peanut butter and chocolate foundation right now (laughs) I realize we didn't talk about Alex and Jean at all and they were like the third tier of this episode It kind of was just there. I thought it was it was weird that that Alex was like, "I'm I'm walking around without my gun for the first time," and I was like, "Were you always packing? Like even even when you were just kind of like wandering around or going to the street fair or something?" Like I thought she was like she would mostly just carry for work. I have a couple questions there. First of all, I'm surprised that Alex Danvers doesn't have her own personal firearms. Yeah, exactly. It's like not. Unfortunately, it's not that hard. Like, it's, she could totally, she could totally go and like get a a gun license. I mean, are are the are the gun regulations on Earth Prime different from the United States? Because anybody can go, you know, train at a a, a gun range and then get their own firearm. And in some states, I don't know if it's in all states, but you can get a concealed carry permit to where you can carry a gun in public spaces yeah that's why i i was also wondering about that i was like why is she uh, i'm also surprised she didn't walk out with the alien gun she didn't like just kind of try to put it under her <laughs> jacket as she left i don't understand the alex gun thing it was also kind of like i i liked the the where she talked about to jean about like i i always used to have this backup and like the power of the DEO behind me and now I kind of feel vulnerable as just like a regular person out there fighting you know fighting the good fight which I I mean the cool thing about Alex Danvers 
it has always been that she's just a regular person out there fighting the good fight. Uh, so I did like her thinking about that and like feeling a little bit vulnerable um, there. But but then I did immediately laugh because she was like, uh, first I report it to you. And then I like, I, you know, I've been following the rules all my life. I report it, you know, I always report it to somebody. I was like, you were the director. <laughs> Like even she doesn't think she was the boss. Like even in her even in her retelling of her career at the DEO, she doesn't even uh mention that she was the director and in fact was reporting presumably to no one. Like I was like, come on, Alex, at least you remember you were in charge, no, right? No, she doesn't. No. no. I I will say that I'm glad that it this episode felt like it was trying to give Alex a storyline of her own. And she was trying to have a character arc. And I think that is something that could be cool to explore with Alex that, you know, she's been at the DEO for so long. What is it like without her there? And then also a question could be asked, like, I've done this for a long time with my sister and now I'm not doing this with my sister anymore. I don't know why that wasn't a question that came into play. Yeah. But it, again, I, I think the the downside of the season is that We've waited until episode 14 to really dive into Alex Danvers as a character. And then, you know, in five episodes, the season's going to be over. And it's like, ugh, this feels like a, a huge waste of time in, in regards to Alex. But I guess at least they're trying something now. Yeah, I was happy to see her, like, get a storyline that was just about her and that where she could kind of dive into her feelings and her thoughts and stuff like that. Because I feel like that has been uh lacking for alex for a long time like i don't remember the last really good alex danvers episode that we got so it was nice to see her like kind of transitioning into like life after the deo because honestly i definitely foresaw a scenario where it was just like alex does it uh, alex works with john now and then they were just kind of like doing exposition and like kicking down doors which is what they were doing which is what they were doing in this episode <laughs> but the but the fact that they they had like an episode that was about her transition into this new stage where she basically seems like she's going to be in the exact same role she was in the last stage but just doing it uh without her alien gun but with a a new fancy fancier alien gun uh I mean, I, I like that she got to think, like, you know, who am I now that I'm not at the DEO? Like, what's this next stage of my life going to look like? That I didn't expect that introspection, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was it was welcomed on a, on an Alex Danvers character um, character uh, level because we haven't really gotten that much from Alex. The only thing I didn't quite enjoy about the Alex Jean scenes. And I understand why they do this, because I know David Harewood is very passionate about the Martian Manhunter character, and I really appreciate that about him. But why is he... And actually, I asked this question, and I know the answer. I know why he's wearing that Martian Manhunter suit without being <laughs> Martian Manhunter. I know he's so passionate about the character that he wants to try to put a little Martian Manhunter in there, even though they probably aren't able to do the CGI effects for Martian Manhunter because they're using them on dragons for VR sequences. <laughs> but man, oh. it looks goofy. It looks really goofy for him to walk around in that suit. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a strange look. Like, he's just rolling up to the alien bar in that suit. And they're like, 
Okay, guess John. It's a cosplay day for John again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I understand why it's probably being done, but if if they asked me for my opinion, I would say just lose it. Just lose it. It looks goofy. If he's not Martian man, if he's not the alien, if he's not the Martian, just lose it. We're 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 okay. We're really okay if you if you just are John Jones. I'm I'm okay with it. Because it just, oh man, I just couldn't get over it. And he wore it like all episode and it just looks so bad. So uh, my suggestion, just drop it. Unless you can use the effects. That's my two cents that they will never use because they don't need to take it. But uh, that's <laughs> what I would say. Um, yeah, I was not, I was not in terms of the overallness of this episode. I was not crazy about this episode. There were glimpses of like good things in there. But this is probably the worst episode of the season for me. I just, there was nothing, there, there was nothing as a whole that I was like wowed by. It was little bitty pieces of it that I thought, okay, that scene was, there was something good there. And I liked Supergirl stopping the villain here. And the Alex stuff, there's glimpses of good stuff with Alex. But just, I was bored. It's not going anywhere. It doesn't feel like anything is happening uh, so I just, this, this was a real stinker for me personally. I agree. I think this one, maybe there was a worse episode this season, but this one, uh, is probably my worst for the, the, for me, it's worse to be boring than bad Yeah. because at least in bad, like usually when you're bad, you're trying for something, you're reaching for something, you're not getting there. And there's something interesting in the in the badness like there's something that the badness is trying to say when you're boring it's usually because you're not trying to say anything yeah, that's <laughs> and that this episode felt very middle of the road very like let's move this piece here and let's move that piece there but not too far on the board because we've got to get them to do that later like let's let's see lena almost change her mind and then just move forward again let's you know let's watch the this vr storyline take one step forward and the leviathan thing take one step forward and Kara, not even go on a date but accept a date <laughs> and like like it was like literally like taking one like you're playing a board game and you roll the dice and you get a one and you just go one step <laughs> forward and nothing happens it was it was literally just like a it wasn't even a, a setup episode it was just like a step in place episode and there was just not a lot going on there for me like there were uh, there were some good moments but it didn't it didn't amount to anything to very much. I, I think this one was just kind of there. Well, I guess the the upside to thinking about that in that way is that it can only go, get better from here. Yeah, I I suspect that the next episode will be good. <laughs> let's hope so. Well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion. But let's find out what our listeners had to say about the bodyguard. Uh, our first tweet is from at Zandani, who said, "I really appreciate that Lena is beginning to question her own motives." But girl, maybe if you have to ask Lex Luthor if you are evil and what you're doing is evil, maybe you have your answer already. <laughs> Good point. At Sony uh, Vervat, uh, 1997, said, Now this season is tying all its loose ends with Luthor, Leviathan, and Andrea in one thread. Finally, Lex is such a manipulator that I forgot he is evil until the scene with Lena ended and it came back to me. 
So Carr and William is happening. Yay, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> uh, at Kaya underscore Matsui said, so they're really going there with Carr and William, huh? How lanes of them. <laughs> if they if they wanted Carr to date this guy so badly, why introduce him as a jerk? Sure, he was acting, but he could have been mysterious without being a douche. At least Lena smiled this episode. I missed that. I mean, L- Lena did a lot of things this episode. <laughs> she did. Uh, at Patty Mello 20 said, I think they found a good use for Lena's project. Making inmates less violent is a good thing. And in Steve's case, even helped him process his other feelings. I still think Lena needs to wake up, but maybe something good will come of all of this. Why is William still here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all good questions. Uh, at Kagan Meyer said, Supergirl being able to talk to a bad guy and help him be better is one of my favorite things about her. I'm so glad we got to see that again. Also, Alex with the shape-shifting weapon is the best. I guarantee when she gets the hang of it, she is going to be like a kid in a candy store. My question about that is, how is she going to be controlling it? Because as a Martian, Jean can use his mind powers to make that thing transform. So how is Alex supposed to get the hang of it? Uh, Hopefully there is some uh, training required. I wonder if we'll actually get to see that. Yeah, because she says, like, as soon as Jean trains me how to use this thing, I'm going to be off to the races. (laughs) I hope that she starts making, like, every every fight is just a weirder and weirder like weapon so like she starts out with like a gun and then next time she's got like a bazooka and then like by the end of the season she's got like one of those spiky things that you twirl around yeah it sort of reminds me of uh an animated series called ben 10 the basic premise was that he had this watch that he could twist the dial and he could turn into a different alien so he would twist the the omnitrix and it would turn him into uh, I forget all the alien names, but he would turn into one species of alien, then he could turn it to another thing, and we turn him into another one. Well, sometimes the Omnitrix, for whatever plot contrivance of the episode, sometimes the Omnitrix didn't work right. And so, like, the alien he was trying to turn into, he didn't turn into that alien. So I think it would be really funny if Alex was like, well, I'm going to use a bazooka, and then it turns out that she has, you know, some sort of, like, little... I don't know, like a little kitchen knife or something. Like she's, you know, she's or, or just like a pack of bazooka Joe bubblegum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like she tries to like pick it, and she so that that kind of thing could be really interesting. That would be fun. I think that there are some cool places that they can go with this shape shifting weapon. Um, at uh, Shinko uh, zero two seventy eight said, still don't really see William and Cara together. If they keep showing him as a good guy, maybe I'll see it. Uh, at Supercore Lover says, Kara was co- coerced into dating another man who was a jerk to her and got shady money on park benches episodes ago and probably works for Leviathan. And poor Lena, alone without friends and being manipulated by Lex. This was a terrible episode. I have to defend William here. I don't know if he's working. I, I think that I don't think that he's working for Leviathan because I don't think he's got that same pencil skirt energy. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that would require him to be some sort of, you know, uh, cybernetic techno species from krypton um no i i i've always been of the mind that he was um undercover trying to get information about leviathan i don't think we have confirmation about that either way um so yeah i i don't i don't think that we 
we can say just just as of yet that he's working for Leviathan. Um, at Kenny Crayley said, great episode of Supergirl. The Supergirl, John Jones, and Alex Danvers scenes were amazing. We got a Danvers sister's couch scene at the end, too. Lex Luthor is up to his old tricks as always. I give it a 9 out of 10. Um, at Kara underscore Quirrell says, Ernest Brainy wearing his comics ro- uh, retro boot jacket was a thing of beauty. Oh, I did like that that Brainy scene where he like talks to other Brainy. Help me out with this, Morgan, uh, in case I don't fully understand it. I guess the the little circles on his chest, I don't know if those are his, would would those be called his inhibitors? I know he had the inhibitors on his head. I think so. So I guess that Ernest Brainy came out of those inhibitors. Are they like living inside of him? I think they're just like Is it a projection for the ride now? <laughs> it's kind of the impression I got. <laughs> I didn't fully uh, understand how that worked. I did like that he kind of brought this guy out this brainy out who like I did like the sort of co- more comic booky like outfit that he was wearing but it was basically to be like i've done the run the projections and they're not going to invite me to thanksgiving (laughs) (laughs) so great i have no idea what's going on with all the brainies in there though if somebody understands what's happening there uh email supergirlradio gmail.com <laughs> uh at sl fricky said yes cara government agents are expected to turn in their government issued sidearms when they quit their jobs and maybe people who rough up people for leads and enjoy kicking doors in shouldn't have weapons like that in the first place let alone a martian super weapon <laughs> Uh, yeah, and SL Fricky uh, left us a great Alex Danvers dirty hairy <laughs> meme along with that tweet. So thank you for That's sending amazing. that. Uh, at DJ Writer said, hitting on all cylinders, but especially loved all the season one feelings between John Jones and Alex Danvers. All in for hashtag Team Tower and Supergirl defeating the villain with her words. Most excellent. Um, at superquin 19 said started out hopeful enjoyed most of the episode but again with the pressure to go out with william no thanks i'm hoping the rushed pairing is for storytelling that he will double cross Kara and he will be revealed as working for leviathan or he's comet i'm not picky Uh, (laughs) fingers crossed for a test mocker return i feel like people are putting me in the situation where i have to stand up for william i don't think that Kara was pressured to go out with him. I, I don't think so either. Like, he brought her a coffee. He, he brought her some coffee. <laughs> if that's the case, I've pressured half of my office to date me. <laughs> <laughs> he he knew her exact order. When they talked about feelings of connection, she thought he was heroic. And she obviously was, um, she obviously liked the fact that he thought of her you know going out with her and her friends as a connection point for him i think she was obviously very moved about that so i think she likes him i don't think she's like being pressured by other people to date him yeah i don't i don't think so either i and i think some of what people are thinking of of pressure is really more just clunky writing where they want Kara and william to get together and so in lieu of them actually like I don't know, having more than five scenes together in the whole season, they just need to have other characters tell Kara, like, oh, my God, you guys are so cute. Are you guys so cute? Because, like, they haven't done that with the writing. So they need some way to get them to where they want them to be at this point in the season. So I think to some people it's coming off as pressuring. I think it's just a a classic case 
of uh, them sh- them telling us instead of showing us. There, there, there. To be fair, there was a little bit of that, like at the very beginning when with Nia and Alex are there with Carl. Yeah. And then at the end with Alex uh, seeing the text message from William. So there is, I will give you that. There's there's a little bit of that. But in terms of the Kara character, I think she genuinely wants to go on a date with him. Uh, at Pretty Girl Ninja said, what I love most was, one, Kara talks down the bad guy. Two, Jean and Alex scenes and talking about her future. What I don't love Lena being isolated from the super friends. I thought they were her friends too. It's cool if William shows up to game night, but when Lena disappears from their lives, they can't be bothered. They could at least try to talk her off the mind control ledge. I mean, I feel like they keep trying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think there was a little bit of that uh, pre-crisis. During crisis, I'm pretty sure Alex like came up and they were like trying to figure out how to save the world. And Lena was just like whispered like, we're not friends. No, like she's she's still pretty mad. I don't I don't know if she's taken anybody's calls. Is the thing. <laughs> she's certainly not showing up to game night. <laughs> uh, at VH four fifty one said the whole Leviathan thing isn't working for me. Even with Lex in the mix, my positive takeaways from tonight: emo brainy, that Carmina Burana opening. I was kind of hoping Katie McGraw would show up as Morgana. Also, yay, dreamer centered episode next week. About time. Uh, at Fractal Inverter said, good episode. Cara doing her thing and finding the good in people is content I'm here for. Giving the non-notary project some merit before it eventually hits the proverbial fan gives Lena an arc that has been struggling to stretch across the season. Some not, some much needed invigoration. Um, at Supergirl 022900 said they need to stop pushing Kara towards men she doesn't like but is told to like. I think Kara and William would be better as best buds like Kara and Wynn and Kara and James. Um, at Chase Aphrodite said happy International Women's Day. Oh, it was, I guess, on Sunday. Yeah. I watched it today, so I was confused. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, every day should be. Sure. Um, <laughs> here's an episode where we peer pressure our female lead into dating a guy because she feels bad that he likes her. Oh, and we're going to have a man manipulate another female character and make a, a usually strong character into a lapdog. Girl power. Uh, at Stinko Erp said, I gotta say, this virtual reality arc does nothing for me. I don't know how it's supposed to tie into anything. See, I'm, I'm glad other people are like, what is happening? I'm right there with you. I have no idea. Uh, at Electra WWF said, removing the inhibitors was supposed to allow Brainy to unlock his 12th level potential, but he's still a step behind. I hope we start seeing hints of Brainy undermining Lex instead of always being blindsided by him, and we get an epic battle of the brains between the two. He should be the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, and often it's like one of the Luthers. <laughs> yeah. um, at 202 Sports Guy said, what happened to Ale- anti-gun Alex and John? Character inconsistencies aside, that is a pretty sweet weapon. Oh, boy. Yeah, uh, I mean, the show forgot that uh, that gun control episode just as fast as we repressed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, at I Am No Guitar Hero said, I hope they are not teasing us and we soon get a Leviathan reveal. You cannot be told what Leviathan is. You have to see it for yourself, apparently. Uh, Lex may be in over his head and may need Kara. Curious how Kara's a- uh, apprehension to a- Obsidian will tie in. 
Also, after two seasons of being solo, it is pretty obvious Cara is struggling to open up to William, even if she wants to. Maybe all she has endured and fear for William's safety has made her wary. Hope she's able to at least have fun dating, whether they get together or not. It's true. It's just dinner. Uh, at Mark HBPWM said, Lex is so enamored of himself that he thinks he can play a thousand-year-old aliens with amazing powers. If the writers can actually effectively write him and Pencil Skirt, each playing a strategic long game against the other, I'll not only be highly entertained, I'll be very surprised. I like that Pencil Skirt is taking off his her name. <laughs> So we received an email from Joseph who writes, quote, Black Mirror homage is definitely there in the imagery of Andrea with a broken mirror. Speaking of Andrea, I'm looking forward to how this version of Andrea reacts to the powers from the amulet, but at least they are making it clear that she's not being sinister here, as she gave an understandable reason for Carr for why she's doing this VR craze, unquote. Uh, so I guess my question to that is, Morgan, do you think this was the first time that this version of Andrea has used the Akrata powers? I think so, yeah, because she seemed, like, legitimately confused when she, uh, like, missed it from the DEO cell into um, Catco. Yeah. So she was like, whoa, where am I? Um, and then at, and then afterwards she goes to grab the amulet because I, I guess she thinks about what the amulet said on it. Um, as maybe being the source of the powers, but I didn't get the impression that she knew she had them. Yeah. So I think that's the first time she's used it. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Rusty wrote in to say, in my opinion, this has been the weakest season of the show so far. I think the moment that brought that into sharp focus this week was the end when Andrea brought out that amulet. The second half of the season doesn't feel like a continuation of the live of the Leviathan storyline, but rather a Mad Lib where you have to use the same objects in two similar stories. I feel like I have already watched this when it was the first half of the season, and I find myself losing interest rapidly. Is it just me? Rusty, uh, no, it is not no. just you. <laughs> no, no. There's a lot going on this season. Uh, well, new Rachel wrote in saying, quote, the reappearance of Ernest Brainy was really fun, and according to Jesse, his line to Prime Brainy acknowledging his nice haircut was improvised. It is a nice <laughs> haircut that suits him and makes sense as he's now in a leadership position. It's a good idea for him to pay more attention to his appearance. Although, since he did get his haircut, was Jesse wearing a wig with a ponytail on it as a hologram? Uh, not sure. Uh, mm. Could have been. And unrelated, but in the room he was, uh, but is the room he was in the same room used for the Allura hologram in seasons two and three? That's what I thought. Uh, don't know that mm. for sure, but it seemed like it. Uh, New Rachel also says, P.S. If you're interested in the book Alex and Jean found while searching Todd Sapphire's house, which I was as someone who studied English in college and especially uh, and especially classic literature. It's called Walden by Henry David Thoreau and in the public domain, so it's easily found. And the author was heavily involved in the movement known as transcendentalism. Unquote. Ooh, thank you for that piece. Have you ever read Walden? I never have. Have you? I don't think I have. No, I was trying to think back and to school to see if we had read it for any reason but like i know of it but i i don't think i've actually ever read it uh, let's see what's i didn't look up a description it's it's like kind of about if i remember right it's about like kind of like living living in nature 
The text is a reflection upon simple living and natural surroundings. The work yeah. is part personal declaration of independence, social experiment, voyage of spiritual discovery, satire, and to some degree a manual for self-reliance. Yeah, it's uh, it looks like it's like Walden, life in the woods. <laughs> so it's it's kind of it's kind of about like just kind of chilling out and enjoying nature. Is this maybe a, a subtle hint that they're gonna have Alice go look for her father? <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> what if what if she's like, "You know what? I'm tired of all the hustle and bustle of uh of this VR reality stuff. My my girlfriend is apparently like a tech person now and I don't know when that happened. I'm going <laughs> out into the woods. And I'm just going to get commune with nature." And then like while she's like sitting next to a pond, she hears like a bush rustling and she looks over <laughs> and it's just Jeremiah Danvers like holding a bunch of twigs like in a bush and he and she's like, "Dad?" and he's like, "Alex?" <laughs> What if he's like, Alex, you came for me. And she's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with that. Yeah, I would like to think that Walden is a, a subtle uh, tease that they're bringing back Jeremiah Danvers in the fold, but uh, that's probably never going to happen. That's so funny. Uh, <laughs> <Jer> <laughs> I just keep thinking of him in the bush. Uh, Daryl wrote in saying, we finally know exactly what Kelly is doing in Obsidian North. I didn't understand a word of it, but we finally have some detail on Kelly's work there. <laughs> Daryl, do we? Because I don't, I still don't understand. Like, it sounds like she was like programming something, and I just don't understand what in her background has given her the ability to do that. Yeah, Alex says that she was, I, I guess, involved in the upgraded 150 petaflop BioLink interface, whatever that is. <laughs> like, like, what in her background as, like, a mental health professional would give her the ability to do that? I don't know. Apparently, this is the the, the hill I die on with Kelly, where I'm like, I don't understand your job. Uh, well, I she was in this very dangerous situation with fires and chaos, and she apparently didn't bring the guardian shield with her this time. I was time. waiting for it. I was like, the shield is coming. Nope. <laughs> Why wouldn't you have it? Wait, I mean, even in Catco, there is a, a specific part of the elevator yeah. that James built just for the Guardian suit. Did he you not think tell that he her would have told her about that? <laughs> You're like, be sure to take my secret elevator <laughs> when things get rough. You would think. Well, uh, Emily wrote in to respond to a discussion we had in our It's a Super Life episode. She writes, quote, you were talking about the goof with Cars glasses. I didn't notice that myself, but after that and when she whipped them off, the why would I possibly need your help part, I did think, where was the super suit? Wasn't it established in the first episode of the season that whipping off her glasses causes the suit to materialize? I watched the scene with Mixie again to see how she took them off, and I do I do believe that was a whip. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised. The lack of attention to detail in this show is well established. Continuity errors, drop storylines, the lack of small character moments, it all seems to be tossed aside for the sake of big, sweeping, saving the world stories. It's not good that even casual viewers, viewers, which is what I consider myself now, catch these things when the writers of the show, whose actual job it is, 
lets them slip uh, those things by, unquote. So I think that's a really great point. Uh, that's how I understood the suit materializing was that if she whipped her glasses off, and I think that's ex that's actually what they say in the premiere is that if she whips them off, the suit will start to materialize. So yeah, I don't think they've been doing a good job to keep that consistent. No, definitely not at all. Janae uh, wrote us an email with this question. How do you feel about the DEO taking a backseat and possibly disappearing after this season? I feel like it's kind of a cop-out since there is a lot of shady stuff that they have done, like locking up humans, locking up aliens without due process, and no idea if they can ever leave this place. And didn't they used to work together with Project Cadmus, you know, the literal alien dissection lab? It seems like whenever someone like Colonel Haley or Lex Luthor is leading the place, they suddenly don't trust it anymore, even though it seems like some pretty shady things were going on when John or Alex were leading the place. Do you think they will ever address any of this, or are they simply leaving it all behind by focusing on the tower? Uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to address any of that at all. No, I don't I don't think so. I think that the, if they were ever going to like really grapple with the kind of shadiness of the DEO, they probably would have done it already. I think that we're just supposed to say like the deo is the good guys when the good guys are in charge and it's shady when the bad guys are in charge and you're not really supposed to think too hard about why that's the case like uh i think all the time when when they like when they threw andrea into that little cell i thought why isn't there a bathroom in there <laughs> but that's like where my my mind goes it with the same place it went when like the flash when they would throw them into those little small bathroomless cells and i'd be like how does that work i think it's funny because with lex in charge i've started to think that the deo has been running really smoothly since he's been, <laughs> since he's been there well nobody's broken into it yet and and that's pretty shocking yeah, i don't know what that says about uh past operations in the deo but Things, are, things seem pretty normal there. Well, Dustin sent us an email saying, quote, Since McCod Brooks left the role of Jimmy Olsen, Ozzy Tespai has done a great job filling in, in for him as Kelly Olsen. The writers really have managed to make Kelly a likable career Roman without bogging, boggling her down with too many aspirations or motivations. I really enjoy finding her placed in scenes in almost every episode. It's like the Supergirl version of Where's Waldo? I especially love seeing her in the Obsidian Lab, and I'm really hoping she'll get promoted to a desk soon. Uh, that would be so great. Uh, maybe they'll even give her some stuff that was down the pipe for James, namely making her turtle girl Kelly Olsen and having her lead a news gal legion. Yes! Do, do you think she has something that uh, something her dad gave her that informs her role as Guardian? Well, she's got to have some sort of camera that breaks or something. Yeah. Um, Dustin concludes saying, I've been looking at synonyms of Guardian and am really excited for all the cool names she could go by <laughs> while she is Guardian. Well, what were the other names uh, the, in our character spotlight that... Um, oh, I wish I remembered. Guardian goes by. Oh, my gosh. There were some other names. It was like Hornblower or something. <laughs> Wait, wasn't it? It was something like that. Really? Oh, my God. Let's see. All right. So, Dustin, here are some suggestions. And these are pulled from DC Comics and Guardian in his comic book history. So, in addition to being known as Guardian, he has also gone 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 by the names Hornblower, the Herald, and Vox. 
So Ooh. Kelly could go by any of those. And really, she needs a, a special horn. Like Guardian in the I, comics I, does have a, a special horn that does uh, certain, you know, magical things. I feel like she, I feel like Hornblower <laughs> is, is, is golden. And I feel like she could have like a special magical horn. And when she like, she goes, <laughs> and, then all, and then all of the news gal legions like r- pedals up on their bicycles and they're like, hear you, hear you all about it. <laughs> Here to stop crime. And then they throw the newspaper like directly at uh, pencil skirt's face. <laughs> pencil skirt is like, is defeated by a rolled up newspaper. <laughs> thrown by the news gal legion <laughs> i would watch that show so much i would Me love too. it i would love that show. <laughs> this is my new favorite email just the thought of of kelly taking over all of all of jimmy olsen stuff so she starts like living under her desk <laughs> she has the guardian shield she gets she becomes a turtle girl <laughs> we still we, have potential here see i thought i thought we had to give up our dreams of turtle boy jimmy olsen <laughs> and the newsboy legion but you know what dustin you've proven to us we don't have to <laughs> our dreams are just different now <laughs> yes. oh man uh so mary wrote in to say i think the tech ethics moral storyline is not necessarily a bad one but does it have to come across so preachy? I genuinely think it's true that we've that we're often overwhelmed by horrible news, and so we use tech and media to escape the real world instead of using it to engage. And I say this as a video journalist, but you need a deft hand to write this theme, and this sure is heavy-handed. Despite the clunky writing, the actors and actresses on Super Her- Supergirl somehow managed to pull it off convincingly. They deserve some heavy-handed applause. That's always the the problem with the Supergirl writing is that a lot of it comes across as preachy and heavy-handed and... Uh it does become difficult to watch but i will say like mary i do think that the actors are trying to make something come of it the show is very blessed with very talented actors that's for sure uh well leslie one of our supergirl radio legal consultants sent us some statistics uh that she wanted to share with us about the character screen times in season five uh leslie did not create this graph she just saw it and passed it along to us um, so, Morgan, I'm very curious what you would think about this. So, in the graph, it shows that Kara seems to have the most screen time. Am I looking at this correctly? Yes. And also, thank God. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like Kara has the most. She's 20, like 30% of the screen time. Um, and then, and this one shocked me. Alex has the second most at like 15.7%. Or is that six? Yeah, that's 15.7%. Which, man, you could have fooled me. And then um, and then it's Lena at 15.3%. So Alex and Lena are kind of second. And then Brainy, and then Jean, and then Nia, and then Kelly, and then William. Williams I found funny because over the course of 13 episodes, he's been on screen for 28 minutes. Which seems like a lot, actually. I, I I don't even know how he was on screen for that long. <laughs> well, what I find really interesting about this graph is that it shows that you can have Supergirl on the show. Like, she's present. She's there in scenes. She's doing things. But that doesn't necessarily equate 
a story arc or good storytelling or uh, character moments. Like, you can put her, like, in a scene, but that doesn't necessarily mean that she's got stuff to do. Yeah. I mean, same with Alex. Definitely. Like, surprising. It (laughs) is just surprising that she has... Like, if you asked me, like, what Alex has been up to this season, I would have just shrugged and been like, I don't know, not much. (laughs) But apparently she's had the second most screen time. Like, I don't know. It's it's surprising. It is eye opening for sure. Also, Kelly had that much screen time. <laughs> is it is it counting her just standing in the backgrounds of scenes? I think so. I would assume that when they calculate screen time, if she's on screen, she gets she gets uh, calculated. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Um, Redlocks twenty seven wrote in to say, "This is my first time sending feedback, and I have just discovered the podcast, and I love it." Oh, thank you. Um, poor Lena. She's so desperate for anyone to give her encouragement and believe in her that she feels she has to turn to her manipulative, egotistical brother. It was very good to see a more vulnerable Lena this episode and see more unravel of her motives and how she sees them. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty sad that she was like basically listening to Lex and, and like turning to him for support because we all know Lex is not exactly trustworthy. But he was encouraging his little sister. And as a little sister myself, when my big brother says something really nice about me, it does make me feel really good. So maybe Lena is just really enjoying that her her big brother Lex said something nice about her. I get that. I totally get that. Um, Well, both Miriam and Courtney wrote in to inform us that the ice cream dress, we were confused about how the ice cream dress played into the uh, 100th episode, Apparently, that reappearance of it was from the season five episode, Confidence Women. So very recently oh. this season, uh, I guess uh, they brought it back for the episode when she flashed back to uh, her relationship with Andrea Rojas. So she did she did wear it more than once, apparently. That is shocking. I'm, I am kind of shocked that she did. She doesn't just burn all of her outfits immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Abby wrote in to ask two questions. One, Lex mentions that the first time humans had contact with an alien race was when Lena brought him the Man of Tomorrow award. What about Amade? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then two, what animal would you have as a pet if you could use Nano Cherry to make it nice and friendly? Um, let's get into one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The Amade of it all, may I just say, has continuously, like, shot their own timelines in the face. Like, every time they want to, like, make a point about something, it becomes like, well, how about that time that, like, Amade was hanging out with Clooney at the Vanity Fair party? <laughs> <laughs> Explain that. Not, not nor- like, not now Clooney. Young Clooney. ER Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> explain Amade. so my question about that scene was was lex talking about the pre-crisis timeline or was he talking about post-crisis i don't know because they talk back and forth about like there it had to be the pre-crisis timeline it had to be because he's like the man of tomorrow he's like the um what does he say to pencil skirt? Like he's like the most liked man in the world or something. So like if he turned the sky red and 
tried to kill like Superman a million times, probably that's not the vibe he would people would be giving him. So this is I think he's talking about their pre-crisis reality. This is so confusing. In this post-crisis, I think we're talking post-crisis but uh, pre-crisis post-Amade, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> my brain hurts. <laughs> it's got to be because he's uh, in in this version, in the post-crisis version, like I don't think that Lex ever did that and that's why he has all this goodwill. So when he's talking to Lena about the alien race thing and turning the sky red and all that, that was what he did pre-crisis, and only he and Lena remember that. Um, however, I what about Amade is an excellent question, and is the name of Amade's uh, spinoff sitcom, and uh, and I don't know the Amade of it all has never jived with the timeline that they keep presenting, like. They keep presenting like, oh, aliens showed up suddenly. Lex kind of like lost it about Superman and tried to like, and, you know, tried to make the sky go red and like kill Superman. And then, and then we realized when Superman came around that there were aliens at, out there. But then it turns out Amade has also been around forever and been an alien and everyone knew that. How can both things be true? And he was celebrated. Like, Amade was a famous alien yeah. who had superpowers. Yeah. Amade had, like, Getty images taken of him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> oh, Amade. <laughs> so, I'm guessing Amade doesn't exist. I don't know if he doesn't exist in the post-crisis Oh, world. my God. I just feel... You're right. Like, what if we are truly living in... What if now we're living in a post crisis pre amade universe oh amade hasn't existed yet or maybe has never existed oh, man. <laughs> uh, i just wish they would pick a point and just stick with it yeah just just jot down any date and have that be the date that people found out about aliens yes and then just go with that <laughs> we will forgive even if it's not what we thought it was, if, as long as you're consistent, we'll take it. Was it when Superman showed up? Was it when Amade was hanging around with young George Clooney? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Just pick one. Um, so number two, what animal would you have as a pet if you could use Nana Cherry to make it nice and friendly? Do you have a pet in mind that, that needs good, to be nicer? That's a good question. I don't know. I Like the little monkeys... I think I feel like I get like a little monkey or like a like a pig meow. <laughs> I feel like they're probably there's probably like a lot of care that needs to go into them that I wouldn't be like excited about. But man, are they cute? They're so tiny. <laughs> I don't think that they would like being in my uh, in my condo if I didn't non the cherry the free will out of them. <laughs> you love watching Love Is Blind with Morgan on the couch. <laughs> You don't want to fly. <laughs> I have two animal groups that I would suggest to use Nana Cherry on. One is, and I'm just generalizing here, every dog that encounters a runner outside in a neighborhood, <laughs> those dogs need Nana Cherry. Just chill out. The runners are not trying to hurt you. They're just running to get some exercise. That's all that's happening. Then, also, I've spent some time 
around some Canadian geese and just like oh, geese in general and like scary. swans and stuff. And like they seem docile, like they're just they're taking a swim in a lake. Those things will hiss at you. And I've also seen them like fight each other beak to beak. Like they will like get beaks in each other's beaks and like fight it to the death. Those things are terrifying. So maybe not in a cherry those uh, Canadian geese for me uh, that that might actually be an acceptable use of Nano Jerry. <laughs> like if Lena's whole evil plan was like um, basically just to facilitate more cute pets that you could have. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying it's like the right choice, but I would be on board. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So before we wrap up our feedback we're gonna need to make some snap judgments in the game of snap judgments each person is presented with two options but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary uh, okay so our first snap judgments come from at mark hbpwm who says okay first one melissa goes out on maternity leave should her her substitute be a blonde actress of your choice uh, as Karen Star slash Power Girl, complete with classic costume, or Eve slash Hope, who becomes Matrix Supergirl, but she dies at the end. I want to see Eve Hope becoming Matrix Supergirl because, remember, Morgan, I told you on that live stream that we did how Matrix Supergirl was like a protoplasmic blob? Yes! I, I want to see that. I want to see how the show would translate that. Oh, my God. Obviously, I'm choosing uh, Eve Hope as Matrix Supergirl. Also, <laughs> I just imagine her being like, hope, help, and compassion for all. <laughs> <laughs> and then she whispers, also, kill Supergirl. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get over that programming. Um, okay, Mark's next snap judgment. Amy's pink energy was... Reusing excesses lightning from the flash for tax purposes or a subtle T-Mobile product placement. Uh, I'm going to go excesses lightning from the flash. Yeah, me too. I, I actually was like, uh, my fiance wasn't really paying attention to the episode. And then he was like, oh, it's, I, I think it's that character from the flash. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. <laughs> my, my fiance also, I was telling Rebecca before we started recording that my fiance I had like a, a crazy week and, and did fall asleep during the episode. And when he woke up, he was like, I had a dream that Supergirl girl fought the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, did she win? He was like, no, but she punched it in the face. And I was like, it's a virus. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, I mean, that's another timely story that they could do if they want to, if they want to get topical again. <laughs> Um, oh man, our next set of snap judgments are from Emily Grace. Um, crossover with Legends of Tomorrow or crossover with Shadow Hunters. I don't watch Shadow Hunters. I don't know what Shadow Hunters <laughs> is. So I'm gonna go crossover with Legends of Tomorrow. I at least know what Legends of Tomorrow is. I don't watch the show. I only listen to the podcast. But at least I know what it is. I'm going to say crossover with uh, Legends. Oh, obviously Legends of Tomorrow. I also don't watch Shadowhunters. So, I mean, it wasn't a real competition for me either. <laughs> um, okay. Hope or Gideon? Hope. I do love Gideon. Don't get me wrong. But Hope. I mean, Hope's my girl. <laughs> I'll go Hope. 
Um, okay, Dreamer or Saturn Girl? Saturn Girl. Really? I'm going to yeah. go Dreamer. Mm. I, I mean, I love Nia, and also her powers are so ill-defined, they could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> also dream puns. Yes, so many dream puns. Uh, okay, so from Anna, we have a snap judgment. Anna, Anna, <laughs> Anna this, be- this better be nice. This better be a good one. I see it's long. I haven't read it yet, but I see it's long, and I'm worried. <laughs> okay. Oh, Anna, we do this every week. Okay. <laughs> what makes you happier? <laughs> Lena being all sad. Anna! <laughs> Lena being all, all sad about Kara judging her actions and knowing that Lena probably cries herself to sleep every night thinking about her or... Kara being sad because Lena isn't around to buy her food anymore and she is forced to watch as Kelly gets Alex food instead. Uh, P.S. I'm not giving any happy snaps until Lena and Kara are friends again. I want strike. Anna, that's not fair for the rest of us. <laughs> I, like that, I like that Anna has put her foot down. She's drawing her, drawing her line of sand. She knows what she's about. Okay. Um, okay, so the snap judgment is uh, is Lena being sad that she knows Kara's judging her actions, or is Kara sad because Lena's not around to buy her food anymore? I'm going to go Kara being sad that uh, Lena isn't around to buy her food anymore. Yeah, that's the one I'm going to go for, especially because, like, the face that she made when Alex refused to give her the, any of the food that Kelly brought was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so from Abby, would you rather drink Nia's sugar-free vanilla latte or Kara's double calf? double foam with caramel and mocha the sugar-free vanilla latte is probably less calories but man i'm gonna go for that uh caramel and mocha that i'm a sucker for that oh yeah cars definitely sounds better although it sounds like you might go into some sort of sugar induced coma (laughs) (laughs) well she's a kryptonian so she could probably handle it yeah you're gonna be pretty jittery by uh, by the end of the day and then you're gonna and then you're gonna come down off that hard yeah (laughs) (laughs) um okay so from danae if andrea in an attempt to up the ratings of catco would organize a social media workshop for the reporters who would be the coach? New Zari from Legends of Tomorrow or Mary Hamilton from Batwoman? I have no uh, choice in this matter. I don't watch Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> I've only seen two episodes of Batwoman. Uh, I'm going to go Mary Hamilton from Batwoman. Why not? Uh, so I also haven't started Batwoman. So I'm even behind you. And obviously I watch Legends of Tomorrow. So I got to go New Zari on that one, obviously. Or it would be a betrayal. Uh, okay. Uh, a lot of Legends of Tomorrow themed snaps. Yes. Uh, yes. In this one. In, in, next one. In Legends of Tomorrow, we've seen that Zari is starting to regain her memory after eating a donut. If Kara miraculously forgot who she was entirely, what food would bring her back? Donuts or potstickers? Maybe, maybe the, the sugariness of the donuts would like zap her back. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go donuts. Interesting. I think I'm going to go pot stickers i think she just really loves pot stickers maybe it's like an emotional reaction like yeah she would have an an emotional tie to the pot stickers what family trip does Kara need to take asap to see clark and lois so she can babysit their sons or to allura so she can catch up with her since she seems like since it seems like forever and also check up on that plausibly villainous gazebo evil gazebo gazebo i need to know what the deal with that is (laughs) (laughs) all right 
what's the best combination? Peanut butter and chocolate or peanut butter jelly? Ugh, peanut butter and chocolate. Not even a competition. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one, 100%. Peanut butter chocolate, like, all the way. Uh, what was your first thought about Lena's outfit this week? Wow, that is dark lipstick. Or wow, that is some dedicated good Janet cosplay. <laughs> And now, Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom? Do you watch The Good Place, Rebecca? No. Oh, yeah. So, no, it's, it's, so one character in The Good Place always kind of wears like a vest and like a shirt with like a pattern on it. I see. Yeah. And, and now that I'm thinking about it, like Lena's outfit this week did kind of look like a dark version of uh of janet from the good place so obviously that's what i gotta go with lena is still rocking the florals she is she knows she knows what wheelhouse she likes to be in mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i the the, the more villain well, i don't want to say villainous because i don't want to get myself you know any any more <laughs> hot take trouble but when she's going down like the the more she goes down that dark path the more floral she starts to to incorporate into her wardrobe. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of dark lipsticks and a lot of florals, a lot of evil evil flowers. Mm. Maybe this is like maybe this is like a hint that there's going to be like some sort of connect, like she's going to have some sort of evil like connection eventually with Ramakan. <laughs> <gasps> now I could be into that. Dun dun dun. <laughs> The it's like the first half of the season would be worth it. Oh, that would be the the best. They're just like gardening together. And this has been Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. Um, okay, who is being more in denial about the pitfalls of their technology, Lena or Andrea? I think Andrea at least is like she has more of a. A reason to be doing what she's doing because it's an actual product that's going into the public sphere and she's upfront about what she's doing with it so uh i think she is actually aware of what she's doing i think lena's more uh more in denial yeah i also think lena's more in denial because i don't think that she like every time she comes close to seeing that like you know uh, messing with people's brain waves is maybe not good she kind of like changes course again and like goes right back into it. She almost has self-awareness and then swerves at the last minute. <laughs> uh, so we have a couple from Brandon. First one, because of Melissa's pregnancy, if someone else has to take her powers and be Supergirl for a while, who would you pick? Super Alex or Super Lena? Uh, for, would it be for a while? Uh, Super Alex. If we're if we're going for a while, if it's just a one episode, maybe Super Lena. But if if we're doing it for a couple of episodes, I'd say Super Super Alex. I think I want to see Super Lena because I feel like she'd start out with the best of intentions, and then some stuff would go weird, and then like by the end, by the time Supergirl came back, like everything would be on fire, and Lena would be standing there going, "I can't explain." <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, favorite inmate, Steve or to or or Thomas Coville, otherwise known as Tico. Uh, Tico. Obviously, Tico. Y you know how we feel about Colts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, favorite Lena science experiment, possessing Eve, science murdering Adam, or willing to science murder a puppy. 
Those are all really terrible. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Pretty I bad. guess the cutest one would be willing to science murder a puppy. Oh, that puppy was such a good boy and your girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm going to go possessing Eve because in that way, we got hope. That's true. That is true. Uh, and our last snap, snap judgment is from Miss Fiction Fanatic. Would you rather find out Comet the Super Horse is William in disguise or he was one of the horses that a young Lena rode without inviting Lex. Ooh. Mm. I mean, listen, William, William's got to be common. At this. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all I need from this season. Um, so I'm going William being common. I would be really into William being common. But the idea that we would go all the way back to Lex and Lena's childhood to introduce <laughs> Super, uh, Comet the Super Horse... Uh, that gives him a little more of a legacy. It gives him more of a, you know, an importance to the story. So I think I'm going to go uh, that Comet the Super Horse was one of the horses that young Lena rode without inviting Lux. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right. Well, thanks everybody for your snap judgments and all of your feedback. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. Uh, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail by calling 678-718-7252. Uh, make sure you guys send all that stuff in by Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. Uh, check in with us on Instagram. We're doing live streams. We're doing Instagram stories. We're doing all sorts of cool stuff over there. So just... Uh, Keep an eye out on that Instagram account. Uh, if you want to check us out on Google Play and iHeartRadio I and Spotify, you can find us there. We also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the show. We're also on Radio Public and Podchaser. And on uh, DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. And we're on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you have some time, we, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And thank you to users uh, C, I guess, S-E-A underscore Sounder 2010 and Gold Gaga 25 for leaving us reviews on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate those five-star reviews and those uh, very kind, thoughtful, uh, and encouraging words in those reviews and also uh, mentions of Judith Light and <laughs> the Hope Voice. Um, all of those are uh, great things that we're we're glad other people get to see when they read our reviews. I feel like the more we put out Judith Light into the universe, the more likely it is that we're getting her on this show. We're gonna make this happen. It's on my secret board, so it's, it's gonna. <laughs> I, I'm gonna will it into reality. <laughs> well, and if you wanted to find any of the links that I just mentioned, you can find them at SupergirlRadio.com on the right side of the page. And now we throw it over to Mark for the DC TV plugs. Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV podcast network, so if you like. Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, or just podcasts about it, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, Batwoman, or classic DC TV shows, or the upcoming Swamp Thing and Stargirl shows, you can subscribe to the Mega Feed on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Follow at DCTV Podcasts on Twitter and like DCTV Podcasts on Facebook. Uh, and you can follow me on Instagram at The Derby Kid. And this week, I just want to give a shout out to Bill Meeks' new book, uh, Fan Podcasting The Complete Guide. Um, it's a book that talks about podcasting and, and Bill's podcasting experience, but it also features Morgan and me, and we mention 
how uh, creative and awesome, uh, awesome our Supergirl Radio listeners are. So uh, it's just something that I think if you are a listener of this podcast, you would probably get something out of it. So definitely go over to, um, uh, let's see, let me get that uh, website up. I'll put it in the show notes. But you can go to doanything.media slash fan podcasting and download the book for free. So I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, it's a good book just uh, for um, advice on criticism of literature, film, TV, and it also is just a, a really interesting read. So I, I definitely think uh, you should check it out. Yeah, um, I would I would second that. That I I enjoyed reading it a whole bunch, and it actually like I think made a, both of us kind of motivate it for like what what cool things can we do with the podcast and what can we do with our socials and stuff like that. So I would I would definitely recommend it. It's a, it's a great read. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. Uh, and you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, which apparently some of you have because there were a lot of Legends of Tomorrow questions in there. Um, but you can also – I also did a, a, a guest spot last week. Uh, I put it out in the universe that I was open to being invited on other people's podcasts, which I still am if you've got a podcast and you – want me to come on and just derail it with a <laughs> nonsense conversation. Uh, but I, I guest starred on the gay gals watch podcast where we talked about Supergirl and we talked about legends of tomorrow. And we talked about the Arrowverse a little bit uh, and it was a really fun time. So I would definitely recommend you check out that podcast because it was really fun and it was very nice of uh, Devin and Danny to let me go on their podcast and, and just, and just ramble for like an hour. It was a great episode. I really enjoyed listening to it. I, I, don't watch legends of tomorrow but i I had a good time listening to the conversation y'all did a great job thank you well i think that's going to do it for this episode on the bodyguard but until next time i'm still rebecca johnson i'm still morgan glennon and remember sometimes all we need to feel connected is a little karaoke and a game night (laughs) 